This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. you're going through this morning, what you've been going through during the week or maybe for the past month, regardless of what you're going through, know this, that our earthly suffering, our earthly suffering is not an eternal reality. The eternal reality is the important thing. Sometimes we always want to focus on what's in front of us right now. Our earthly suffering is only for a moment. No matter how heavenly-minded we might be, many of us are quick to be discouraged by struggles, suffering, and challenges. While keeping our focus on the hope of the joy that's set before us is important, it doesn't always mean it's easy for us to do. In today's message, Pastor Eddie gives us an encouraging reminder that all suffering is incomparable to eternity. In our study, we learn that no matter what we might be going through, the eternal weight of glory will far outshine any and all suffering. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in Romans chapter 8, for today's edition of Running the Race. We continue in verse 18. It says... Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, this is an incredible statement, even more incredible that Paul should apply this to himself. This is coming from Paul the Apostle. Paul is the author of this book. Paul is not ignorant or blind to sufferings. When we study the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul, you would wonder, is Paul crazy? to think that his suffering was nothing, not worthy to be considered. Let us look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is where Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, and he gave them pretty much a list of things, a list of his sufferings, a list of his persecutions, things that he went through. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28, should be there on the screen. Paul says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I more, in labor more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, in death often. From the Jews five times I received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Doesn't mean he was in marijuana. It's just he was stoned. I just, nowadays. All right. Let's go back. Verse 25. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and in toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. And oh, verse 28, he says, Besides other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the church. 
I don't think any of us here have been through just a fraction of what Paul has been through. And when you look at this, when you look at when he says in, just, just for you students, when he says three times, I'm sorry, five times from the Jews, I received 40 stripes minus one. Uh, the law was, with the punishment was 40 stripes minus one. The minus one is just for grace. Just in case someone like, you know, gets carried away. So five times he was beaten by the Jews, 40 stripes minus one. And then he goes on to say, verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods. And so the Gentiles, when they beat, they didn't count. (laughs) It just kind of tells you where Jesus was before he went to the cross. When he was beaten, when they beat him, the Romans beat him before he went to the cross, they didn't count to 40. There was no numbers. So look, just to see what Paul has been through, I just wanted to throw that as a sign for you students, just to see what he's been through. It says, wow, this is incredible. And Paul, to say what he said, you know, we don't consider this, what we're going through right now is nothing compared to what God has for us. Nothing. And Paul has suffered great persecution. Paul was beaten. He was in prison, falsely accused. Can any one of us say that we suffered as much as Paul? We may have suffered some things at some point, not as much as Paul. Paul suffered great. As a matter of fact, tradition says that Paul lived to be somewhere in his mid-60s to late-60s, and he was beheaded in Rome around 64 AD. And so throughout his life, throughout his ministry, I would say, after he met the Lord there on the road to Damascus, when he gave his life to the Lord, this was the list that he gave to the church in Corinth. And so this coming from Paul, this statement, means so much. When we look at, compare his life and what we have been through. And so he says in verse 1, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Cannot be compared. And so now, in light of what Paul's been through, compare that to your life. God has great things planned for us. It's not a fake hope. It's not a smokescreen hope. It's a real hope. And so, can any of us say that we suffered as much? Can any of us say that we suffer as much as Christ has? And what Christ has been through on the cross. Now, we all suffered at times, at some point in our lives, we, through human experiences, we Suffer sickness, injuries, natural disasters, financial loss, poverty, hunger, death. We all suffer these things. However, regardless of the suffering that we are currently going through, I don't know what you're going through this morning, what you've been going through during the week or maybe for the past month. Regardless of what you're going through, know this, that our earthly suffering, our earthly suffering is not an eternal reality. The eternal reality is the important thing. And sometimes we always want to focus on what's in front of us right now. Our earthly suffering is only for a moment. The eternal reality is this, is that we will be in heaven eternally, forever. No clocks. You don't have to worry about putting a clock forward in in this place. It's forever. It's forever. Eternal means eternal. There is no end. When we get to heaven is not going to be for a moment. It's going to be forever. 
For the believer in Jesus Christ is a suffering of this present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We always get caught up in the here and now rather than focusing on the there and then. And that should be the focus of a believer in Jesus Christ. It's not the here and now. It's the there and then. We need to focus on the promises that God has given us throughout the scriptures. We need to focus on that Jesus said he was going to prepare a place for us. We need to focus on the fact that if he said he's preparing a place for us, he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for the bride. He's coming back for you. We need to focus is that he, when he will return. So saints, it's all for a moment. It's all for a little while. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is that light affliction. I say, yeah, right, Paul. I don't want to go through that light affliction. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen is eternal. No matter where you place your eyes, whatever you fix your eyes on, whatever object it is, the home, the car, you look in the mirror, you look at yourself, it's all temporary. But the unseen thing is eternal. And that's what God has planned for us. Now let's, think, let's go back to Paul. Paul, has, he's been through so much and, and we know now Paul is no longer here. The, the, the ministry and the life of Paul has been recorded is almost 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, we're studying the life of Paul. Where is Paul now? Absent the body to be present before the Lord. Absent the body to be present before the Lord. Now, we're going to set a time on that. We're subject to time, not those that are in heaven, not God. And we're going to put a time, and that's like 2,000 years ago, maybe more than that. So how long has Paul been in heaven? Think about it. His life of 60 plus years was only for a moment compared to 2,000 plus. And he doesn't have to count because there's no end. The same with our Lord and Savior. Jesus had no beginning, no end. But he also suffered. He also died on the cross. Where is our Lord and Savior? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he'll be there forever and ever. And so that's the plan for you and I. Right now, I don't know how old you are. You could put it, fill in the blank. But I know for sure no one's going to live to be 150. And I know for sure if you live to be 110 or 20, I know for sure that if you remain faithful and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the time you spend in heaven is eternal. There's no end. There is no end. And so I think you get the point why Paul is saying, listen, what we're going through right now is nothing. There is nothing in the here and now, in your suffering, compared to the then and there with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The word glory here in the Greek is duxa, D-O-X-A. And that means uh, a point where uh, is the transformation of the body through resurrection. And that's the glory that Paul is saying here. Compared with the glory, the transformation that's going to take place that God has planned for you. A transformation of the body through resurrection. 
The future glory is awesome. It's great. And it's forever. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. In your glorified bodies, you will appear with him. And so we will be with Christ forever and ever. And guess what? We will come back to rule and reign with Jesus. And you read that in Revelation when it says Christ is coming on a white horse. And those are coming, you see a bride with a gown. And they're coming back with Jesus. And I always think a picture of the bride in combat boots, you know, coming with Jesus. But the bride is going to do nothing. God is going to do everything. And so we're coming with him. We're here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. He says, Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he, as he is. The plan of God was always, he loved us so much, he wanted us to look like him. From creation, when God's lit us cream, had our own image. And even after sin has disformed us, even through the crucifixion of the cross, Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit, still shaping and molded us to look more and more like him into the image of God. Not so much of looking like him, but being like Christ, being Christ-like. We, who are the sons of God? You and I, believers in Jesus Christ. Remember, there's only the children of God can call God Abba Father. We are the sons of God, sons and daughters of God. And what's going on now? All of creation is waiting. All of creation is waiting for the sons of God until we have removed these, this outward covering of this flesh and have put on the, our glorified bodies. Then all of creation would also would be unveiled. Verse 19. First, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. All of creation is waiting. Trees are tired of being knocked down and uprooted. Your flower beds are tired of being infested with weeds. They are waiting for you to have your glorified body. And how would they know? By looking at us. There was a time before the fall of man when all creation was beautiful. I mean, now that I moved here, there's more trees. I enjoy looking at creation. I enjoy looking at the trees and the forests and everything else and, and the lakes and the rivers and the sky. And you know, that's something that I realized that there's something that we can never get tired of looking at. We may get tired of looking at each other, but we don't get tired of looking at creation. Isn't that amazing? We never get tired of it. Can you imagine what creation looked at looked like before the fall of man? It's beautiful now. Can you imagine how it was in the Garden of Eden? But before the fall of man, all of creation was beautiful. It was without corruption, without weeds, without thorns. And even after God created it, in the process of six days, he said it was good. For it was truly good. However, after the fall of man, because the fall of man... It was cursed by God. Now, for you students who like to look at this here, when you look at 
Genesis chapter 3, this is when the fall of man took place, that God, the order of, you know, God giving the curse because of the sin. He first cursed the serpent. He said, he shall crawl in the belly and shall eat his dust, eat the dust. He cursed Eve, the woman. He said, he says, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception and pain. You shall bring forth children. And when he got to the man, Adam, this is where Adam wanted a lawnmower right here. He wanted a writer. He wanted a big one. But because of man, the ground was cursed. And he had to work the ground until he returns to the ground. And so we see the parallels. We see here that it labor pains. You know, we see that the, the earth has this labor pain and it's the ground creation. We see the parallels here. It's consistent. And when we study Revelation, you're going to find that these very things that God created is the very things God's going to destroy during the Great Tribulation. God always had a plan. But creation, we, we, you know, it's waiting. It's waiting for us to have our glorified bodies. In verse 20, it says, For the creation was subject to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subject it in hope. Against its own will, because of the fall of man, all the creation was subject to God's curse, was subject to fertility. But because of him, because of Christ, he's referring to Christ in capital H in your, in your Bibles. Because of him, because of Christ, who's subject creation to fertility and vanity, he also subject them with the same hope. The same hope, what's that same hope? The same hope that we have for our bodies. And Christ will come and give us our glorified bodies. It says, for the creation was subject to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjugated in hope, verse 21, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labor with birth pangs together until now. Just as a mother groans in labor, in birth pangs. And she's in, there delivering the child in birth, you know, in labor and groaning and sticking her nails into her husband's forearms. Because I know that. I've been through it three times. Got the scars. Not just kidding. It, the groaning is there. The groaning is there. And you know, I haven't realized that with those who are departing, their souls are departing from their bodies. Not too long ago, as my mother-in-law passed away, seeing her there in, in the bed, just fading away little by little. She was on her deathbed. You see the moaning, the breathing, just signs of birth of a new life. And that's what it's all about for the believer. It's the birth of a new life. So creation is moaning and groaning and labor and birth pangs for the day of our glorious liberty. Yours, they're waiting. And you know that's why when you see the earth quakes and shakes, it shakes and quakes because of sin. Because it's waiting. You know, it's like when a woman gives birth, the contractions come more and more. Jesus says there will be a various place and it will continue on. And we get, we're getting more and more earthquakes as we move on. Just like a woman, the contractions get closer and more severe. That's how it is for the new earth. 
and they're just waiting. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 7 and 8, he said, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of sorrow. That's the New Living Translation, the word sorrow there. But the word sorrow there in the Greek is odin. Odin, which means birth pangs. The earth is getting ready for the new earth. And so just as we've been delivered from corruption and we, we get our glorified bodies, so too creations. And saints know that this is going to be an awesome, glorious day. As a matter of fact, the prophet Isaiah gave us the prophecy of this time. He gave us a picture in, in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 to 9. He says, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young one shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. And the winged child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. You don't have to crowd, Junior, get your hand out of that viper's den. It's going to be peace. That's the way God has planned it from the very beginning. And that's what's going to happen with the new heaven and the new earth. And so Paul says in verse 23, he says, not only that, in other words, not only creation, but we also will have the first fruit of the Spirit. The first fruit of the Spirit. The first fruit is an Old Testament expression referring to the first part of the harvest. And Paul is referring the Holy Spirit coming into our lives as the first fruit. When we first surrender our lives to Christ, Holy Spirit comes in us, dwells in us. And that is when we surrender, he comes in, we receive the Holy Spirit. But we also who have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption of, the redemption of our bodies. It's just like the world is waiting for this new, new earth, so is our bodies. I mean, some of you feel like that this morning. I feel like that this morning. Your body's groaning. And so you feel it. You know, you're waiting for this new glorified body. I can't wait for my glorified body. You ever thought about how you're going to look when you get to heaven? What's number one for me? You guys know this. Okay, you guys are good. Maybe a little bit a foot taller, maybe. Glorify body. Can't wait. Can't wait. And though, although we have the first fruit of spirit guaranteeing our eventual deliverance, we will groan for that day, that glorious day for the redemption of our body. All oh, the body is just craving for a new one, isn't it? I'm Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
This incredible truth applies to us even today. We didn't do anything to warrant God's acceptance and love of us. He saw us while we were still sinners and loved us despite that. Would you like to know more about what that means for you? Please give us a call at 570-296-7367. We'd also like to encourage you to find a church family you can be a part of. The believers you'll encounter there will help you grow in your faith and offer you support in every situation. If you are in the New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania area, We'd love to have you come join us here in person at Calvary Chapel of Milford. For service times and more information, visit runningtheraceradio.com. If you'd like to listen to more messages from Running the Race, Tracy has more information on how. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for the continuing verse-by-verse study of Romans with Pastor Eddie Pinero right here on Running the Race. 